Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland, reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Welcome back to the Anchor Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. I am thrilled for this podcast. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a very, very special kind of retreat that Noah Tyler, who's the chief financial officer, uh, myself went on uh, with a bunch of other Catholic leaders, business leaders from around the country. Uh, beautiful, had a special mass there where we dedicated CLT in, in prayer uh, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Met some amazing people, and I, I met one in particular, John Sablon, who is with us today, uh, and his story when I first heard it, uh, brought me to tears. And I thought, we, we have got to get John on the Anchor podcast to just share this story. Uh, John, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the time uh, this morning and also the time that we shared over the course of our four days together. So happy to be here. You, uh, John, we always uh, talk, start off the Anchor podcast talking about kind of early childhood education, formation, family life. Uh, yeah, so start at the beginning. What was, what was life and schooling like for you as a young boy, four, five, six years old? Yeah, I mean, uh, I started off, um, and, and I'll take this both from the educational perspective, but also the faith perspective as well. But um, I, I went to actual uh, public school when I was in kindergarten, and then I went to a parochial school, uh, a Catholic school, first and second grade. And then from that point on, moved back to public school when uh, things got a little bit more challenging. So I was kind of raised in the public school system in California um, for the, the, the better, all the better part of uh, all my education. Um, but I also stopped with that, stopped my kind of faith formation, if you will, um, yes. in, in second grade. So I had the, the education of a second grader as it related to my faith, which proved itself to be a challenge, um, uh, you know, trying to live out a, a very active faith life, uh, just to be well-formed and, and educated. Um, part of the story, as we, as you know, um, is I, I grew up in a re- really difficult uh, home and, and difficult upbringing, um, was raised by an alcoholic father, um, so anybody who understands or, or experiences that or has it has experienced that recognizes the 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 trauma and tribulation that comes along with that. So I experienced all forms of abuse um, by the age of ten, physically, emotionally, mentally uh, abuse uh, at the hands of my father, unfortunately, and was also uh, you know abused, uh, uh, sexually abused by a family member all by the age of ten. So Oof. my idea of self, world, other, God, you name it. Um, it just really was was turned upside down and and kind of plagued me for the better part of my uh, my young uh, you know youth and adolescence and even in my young adulthood. Hmm. You know, John, what struck me so much about your story, and I think this is why you know in the middle of the dining hall there, I was I was just kind of covered in tears because there there is no explanation uh, for how your family, how you, uh, so grounded, so clear headed, so focused. Um, it's, it's not explainable, uh, given, given what you went through, uh, apart from, from God's grace, um, where, where in this story did things kind of hit rock bottom and eventually kind of start to make a turn for the better? Yeah. Um, unfortunately for me, it took, it took a while. Um, but fortunately for me, God knew I needed to meet my wife, uh, my beloved bride of uh, 27 years in high school, um, because she kind of was a, a shining, uh, light in, in, in a place of darkness for me, a, a time of darkness. So 
we met at an early age. She was she was unchurched. Um, she herself came from a difficult family upbringing, but God knew I needed her because she had this this effect and influence on me. I always call her the one who led me back to the one, um, uh, definitely. So we got married at a, a young age, started family at a young age, um, and we really, uh, you know, achieved from a secular perspective a, a, a lot of things that uh, I think statistically we probably shouldn't have, right? We, um, given our, both our backgrounds, but, you know, we both went to graduate school. We both got the, you know, our careers going, we got the dream house, the dream car, but there was something that prompted it in her that said, you know, we're, we're missing something. And she felt spiritually dead. And so, um, she started to make the, 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 and I was just being a spiritual sloth to be quite candid. Um, wasn't doing anything about the faith. I was a non-practicing Catholic and she was a, a, you know, unchurched, um, Protestant at best. Um, And uh, so we just started doing the church hopping thing. Long story short, um, we found home at our previous home parish in Northern California uh, in the Catholic Church. She felt God's presence there, which we can, as Catholics, know that's really the true presence. You know, re- recognizing God's presence in in the tabernacle and in in in, um, in the church setting. Um, but you know, she continued to progress. I did not. I had a lot of wounds that were uh, manifesting itself in ugly behavior. I, I had father wounds um, and familial yeah. wounds that really, really plagued me, plagued how I saw God, how I saw myself, and how I how I uh, carried myself. Really, I think I um, I was living, you know, uh, a duplicate life. Right, I, I I could project project myself as one, um, but internally I was dead inside. And um, really, my wife got tired of pulling the train. You know, she got tired. She she wanted a man who was Christ-like, and she wanted somebody that um, was on the same level and 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 really was not having uh, my inability or uh, my uh, lack of desire to actually really um, pull us forward in the faith. And so with that, um, she was just like, look, you know, this is not going to work. And so at that point, Jeremy, I was actually faced with um, losing the things that mattered most to me, my marriage, my, 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 my family. Um, at that point it was a difficult time. So I had a difficult time even paying attention at, at work. Right. So I was, I was even faced with losing my job. And so I was really distraught, really, uh, distressed and, and didn't know what to do. And I really did at that point really kind of came to, to my knees, um, and was that prodigal son that really, um, encountered God, um, in, in a very, uh, impactful, profound way, um, and it was it was through the the sacrament of reconciliation for us as Catholics, where um, I, I met him um, when I was just pouring out my heart like the blind man Bartimaeus, crying out to God, and um, and asking for forgiveness because of all of my wounds and all of my um, trials that I've been through in life. And it was really through the the wisdom of a priest who came from around the uh, the confessional, the, the the screen, and he was just like, "Praise God for the remorse that you feel in your heart. Do you do you mind if I pray the deliverance prayer over you?" And for those of you who are familiar with that, it's, it's, it's really a form of exorcism. So he heard something in my confession that uh, required to him to pray a deliverance prayer um, to really break me from the bonds uh, of, of, of all of the, the trauma and abuse and, and, and the life that I had lived um, for such a long time. And so uh, for the next 45 minutes, brother, I had, uh, laid prostrate right before the sanctuary, before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, and really gave my life to God. And I think at that point... That was my St. Paul moment, my St. Ignatius of Loyola moment, um, where I got I got hit with a cannonball um, and, uh, and got knocked off my horse. And uh, really, finally, for the first time in my life as a young adult man, um, felt loved by a father and held, held as a son and really mm. kind of surrendered my life. And it really catapulted us into what you met, obviously, with uh, me and, and, and the work that we do in ministry and our postulate work. But also just in my my everyday family life, right? Uh, being the husband, the father, 
the grandfather and uh, the son that I'm called to be. So th this was a, a very much a Paul of, of Tarsus kind of moment. My, uh, my eight-year-old loves Johnny, loves the book of Acts. I'll have to, to share this with him. Uh, I mean, you were struck in this moment uh, at this, this low point by uh, the grace of God. And then th this, beginnings, this begins not just this, this beautiful chapter of healing for you, but really lays the foundation, as I understand it, for uh, World Ablaze and the work that you're now doing uh, as a family, family ministry. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it allowed, um, not only did I go through my own healing, but my marriage went through a lot of healing as well as my family. And so we were literally able to, um, I, I think I shared with you that we are what we call, uh, we've coined uh, the first generation cycle breakers. So both my mm -hmm. wife and I are literally breaking off, the, you know, the, the a branch from our family tree and replanting it with our family. And so um, the work that we do at World of Blaze kind of spun off of that, right? The, that a family ministering to family families uh, specifically focusing on the domestic church to, to use what what others meant for evil and God used for greater good, right? And so we look at that and say, you know what, we're really bringing families from hurting to healing to holiness um, is, is really what we're trying to do is to bring, because um, we know that's the case with a lot of uh, uh, the family systems today, is that they're experiencing, unfortunately, a lot of what we did as, as, as young people with all the confusion, with all the chaos, um, with all the attacks on marriage mm. and family life today. And is this local or world ablaze? You're 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 on Zoom. You're doing you're doing ministry remotely as well. Yeah, we we actually yeah we, we like to consider COVID. I think changed us uh, from being a, a regional <laughs> yeah. ministry to global. Um, and so we really try to we minister locally. Um, but at the same time, we you know through podcasts and through some of the digital platforms that we have, we hold virtual conferences as well. Um, and then we also you know do um, different workshops, retreats, conferences that are focused on the family, um, whether it be uh, marriages, uh, you know, family as a whole, or men, women, and you name it, all of the above. Um, to where we try to help, again, equip families just to understand and know who they are as beloved mm. children of God in order to live out their their identity and mission according to God's plan. You know, John, one of the reasons I wanted to have, have you on the podcast, um, you know, I think so many families where they come to faith in Christ, uh, they, they put the first thing first, finally. But then, you know, college decision time comes, uh, they send their son or daughter uh, off. And you know, th this story is, I think, the oldest story that's been retold so many times, but, uh, but off, off to a big secular university uh, where they've got, you know, for hours every day, their son or daughter is put in front of uh, very smart, uh, you know, secular professors they are going to undermine the very foundations uh, without, without any uh, of the, the high caliber intellectuals from the side of truth there to meet them, right? Mm -hmm. They're just kind of exposed to this one side. So I, I know you and your wife were very thoughtful. Uh, I met your boy uh, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Tell me his name. Miko was the one that you met, yeah. Miko, what a great name, by the way, Miko. <laughs> I love that. And and absolutely, a recent graduate from, from, from Franciscan University, uh, happily married. I believe you had another son go to Franciscan. Um, but tell us a bit about that process. I have been there and I, I think I've told this story on the Anchor podcast before, but you know, my first time going out to Franciscan, I was, I was going out there to spend an afternoon, uh, a day with, with Scott Hahn, who was very, very, very influential in my conversion. And I was so excited the night before I was sleeping in Pittsburgh. I was so excited the night before I, I could hardly sleep. And I woke up at four and I couldn't go back to bed. I'm like, today's the day I get to meet my hero. So I just drive out there like four 30 in the morning to Steubenville. I'm like, what am I going to do to sit in my car? It's like 530 when I, when I arrive and I was like, Oh, I'll go to the port. I've heard about the port. This is his adoration. It'll be nice and quiet. Nobody, you know, one or two people will be in there. 
I go in, I kid you not, it was dark still. And there was, it was, I could almost not find anywhere to kneel down. There was 20, 25 kids. It was packed mm-hmm. at five, five thirty in the morning. Unbelievable. These kids in adoration before the sacrament in prayer, before the world wakes up, before their day begins. Um, you know, there, there's a number of great faithfully Catholic colleges, you know, Benedictine, Thomas Aquinas College, mm-hmm. University of Mary. H- how did you discover Franciscan and ultimately decide on Franciscan? Yeah, and I and I think I would echo that that sentiment. We've been before my kids even attended. We'd be at at, at different workshops there, at, at conferences put on by the university, and we'd be there on a Friday evening at six thirty, and you'd have twenty twenty five students. Um, that's how mm. they're spending their weekend, or at least before their their night out. So praise God for that. Um, really, it was our exposure. Uh, one, my wife and I were attending conferences there when we ran RCIA Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. We would go out there for formation and and, and work with other people that were catechists. Um, so we got exposed to the to the campus that way and then um, we also had the Steubenville Youth Conferences that we would take our kids to as we were big yeah, okay. of, of being um, part of the core team for the youth ministry at our local parish and so uh, our kids got exposed to it there we got exposed to the campus and really um, you know you think of, I think about both my two boys I wish I would have sent my daughter there we weren't as smart as we are today um, with regards to university settings because um, she did want to go and, and we weren't we weren't ready for it at that point but um, really for both our kids, they actually both were going to head to uh, UC. Well, my son was going to go to UC Davis, University mm. of California. Um, and my my youngest son was accepted to Cal Berkeley. Imagine the dra- the 180 difference. Wow, Cal Berkeley versus Franciscan. Franciscan yeah. The contrast could not be more dramatic. Yeah, here we are standing in the midst of that. And really what it was, was our own experience there and just a community on that campus of what you got from a family, faith, fellowship, and again, uh, academics, right? You don't, you don't get to, um, you don't compromise one or the other, um, you know, going there that it, it is a full, a full comprehensive experience for a young man or woman that really wants to thrive in, um, their faith and their formation as it relates to academics, even athletics, um, which my, my, my oldest son played basketball there. So, um, it was really an easy decision for us as a dad. I was like, uh, you guys are all applying to this school. Um, and then it was, uh, yeah. the wisdom of my wife that was like, we got to pray, we got to pray, we got to fast. Um, so that the kids actually make the decisions themselves. And, um, thanks be to God, both the boys, um, he really made that decision themselves. And it was the the best money we ever spent. One of the best decisions we've ever made because it actually helped uh, catapult their faith into what it is today. And so it has a big place in my heart. I know I'm not a, a Franciscan alum, but I paid two tuitions with my wife. So we feel like we have a, a right to say we are kind of um, <laughs> as far as, uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of the schools. I think you named off several other ones that are uh, really great places of uh, where we as a fam, you know, as a family and as parents can say, I'm okay sending my kid 2,500 miles away because I know they're in the hands of God and in the hands of a great uh, institution that really looks at building the future of the world um, with a focus on uh, faith, formation, academics, and just giving them the, the virtues required to live in uh, this crazy world we live in. You know, John, you um, earlier were referencing kind of breaking this cycle of sin. It's very much Bishop Barron language uh, when I hear him speak. And I'm doing right now Father Mike's Bible in a Year podcast. I've been thinking about, and I think this is throughout the Pentateuch, God's promise of uh, visiting the iniquity uh, of those who rebel to the third and fourth generation, um, but blessing, you know, to the thousand generations, uh, those who love him. I mean, it's got to be kind of surreal that, that you've you've broken, you know, this uh, as you you said, you and your wife have planted, uh, you know, you've you've planted in, in in the living water, and um, 
and then you had that uh, affirmed and your your children grew through this amazing experience at Franciscan University. Yeah, I mean, you know, all praise be to God because um it's 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 only because of his grace and his love and his mercy for us that we can experience the, the blessing and the fruits of of just what it means when you actually surrender your life to God and when you actually embrace the way that you were designed as beloved children, right? So I think, you know, when people ask me like, you know, uh, I when it comes to the belief in God, I'm like, I don't need any proof of God's existence outside of my own life, my marriage and my family. Why do I say that? Because of everything that he's done to miraculously turn us around. Um, and when statistically speaking, social science will tell you that we were headed down the wrong path, right? I should be dead, homeless or in jail and with mm. family right now based on the the number of trauma and and trials that I've been through. And so praise be to God. Like, yeah, we definitely are living that and breathing um, what can happen when you just let go and let God. You know, I, I was a convert through a ministry called Young Life. You may have heard of Young Life before, but um, going into my senior year in high school, and I went to a talk and this guy, his name was Gary. I can't remember Gary's last name, but he told a story and his dad had spent time in prison. Um, but he, he relayed this story of being in, I, I guess, a doctor's office or some kind of, you know, counseling office. And the, the doctor could make no sense given the trauma he had been through of why he was as mentally healthy, grounded, sound, living well, not living in any way that was self-destructive. Uh, and again, if, like your story, the only, the only explanation was, was God's active redemptive grace. So, uh, John, it's an amazing story. Um, tell our audience a bit more about world of blaze, how to find the work that you're doing and kind of the resources you would have for families looking to move more fully into the life of faith. Yeah, if you could, easiest way is just to find us on our website. So world ablaze, so world like the earth. So W O R L D ablaze a b l a z e dot org. <clears throat> from there, you can kind of find um, you know different uh, you know our, our social media handles, um, what we have to offer, a way to get connected to us via our newsletter. Um, we're going to be you know kicking off. Um, our uh, our first pilgrimage next year to be joining us with a family, Father Leo Pentalinghung and myself. No, wh- where our, are you headed? We're headed to uh, uh, Portugal and Spain, as well as um, uh, Fatima as part of the, the Portugal trip. So it's a it's a partial cruise, and, and it's only it's a it's a river cruise, so it isn't like a big you know carnival <laughs> okay. cruise. Um, it's literally just to get us up and down um, through Spain and, and some areas of Portugal that. We'll be able to, uh, you know, essentially dock and, and and port for the day, and then head out to our different excursions. But um, yeah, we're we're adding that to the list of just being able to journey with families and faith and in fellowship and, and with food and and other fun stuff. Um, but yeah, if you just go to worldablaze.org, you'll be able to follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, you'll be able to connect with us via our newsletter, and then just stay up to speed on the different things that we offer, whether that's in person events and or uh, uh, virtual conferences and things of that nature. Fantastic. Again, uh, World of Blaze uh, is a ministry. Uh, John Sablon uh, is the guest. Uh, John, thank you for your testimony, your boldness, and uh, telling your story. Uh, yeah, and love always to connect with uh, Franciscan parents, and um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get a, a little tape there one day as well. Yeah, thank you, brother. Appreciate all the work that you're doing uh, on behalf of, of those seeking, uh, you know, good resources as it relates to education. And a pleasure and an honor to be here. And we'll continue to pray for you, your apostolate, and uh, your family. Awesome. God bless. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anger. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.